Welcome to The Will Evans Show, a podcast that is meant to teach you everything you did not learn in school. And today we are going to talk about discounts and find out if they're worth it. And then I'm going to coach you up. Let's go. So in the news, everyone has been talking about the return of student loans. And with that, I have come across two articles that I think are very interesting and I wanted to share. And so here's here's what we have in the news. This is titled Student Loan Debt Stories and quote, I will spend the rest of my life paying for my education. And it starts off, the writer says, for a lot of people, resuming student loan debt payments will, will mean their lives are turned upside down and inside out. In short, people are worried about their finances, future, family, and more. And here, here's what's crazy is everybody knew at some point these student loans were going to come back. But everyone got their hopes up that the government was going to forgive these student loans and the the next article I have will be another example of why you should not trust the government to fix your problems. But for three years, you knew that you were going to have to pay back your student loans at some point, that this pause was not going to last forever. And if the student loan forgiveness actually happened, your payments were still coming back and only $10,000 or $20,000 if you're a Pell Grant recipient was going to be forgiven. So for 90% of you, that doesn't even put a dent in your student loans because the average student loans that one comes out without a college is $38,000. So that means that if if you're coming out of school and you're getting $10,000 forgiven, you still have $28,000. So the payments are still going to be there. And so I'm just blown away with how we still haven't wrapped our minds around that, hey, these payments were going to come back at some point. And for, I'm, I'm for sure going to butcher this name, uh, Suyapa, it's S-U-Y-A-P-A, just so y'all know that this, uh, I'm not like butchering this for no reason. Uh, But this is a 67-year-old woman who lives in Arizona, and she has $195,000 in student loan debt. And I was reading through her story, and I I, I pulled out a couple points that I wanted to hit on because uh, I'm just going to call her S. S, uh, she says in here that she's going to have to continue working two jobs and observe painfully as my loans continue to accumulate interest. And that is reality for a lot of people, is that they are still working two jobs or they're going to have to be picking up a job now that student loans are back. And she then goes on to say where the title comes from, I will spend the rest of my life paying for my education. And here is the sad part. She says, although I will not live long enough to implement the knowledge that I acquired. So this goes back to a couple episodes when I talked about, is a four-year degree worth it? If you are going to go to college, 
you need to be going to get a degree that is you will be able to use that knowledge, use the skills that you learned in with that four-year degree and implement it into the workforce. If you can't, what are you going to school for? To party? Like that we're not here to party. We're not here to just uh, go out with our friends on the weekend and then get a degree. No, we're going to college to earn a diploma that is going to add value in the workforce. So don't be going to get a bullcrap degree. We are going to get a degree that actually means something. And we're going to be doing it with cash. We're not going to be doing it like us and where we're taking out all these loans and we're going to be paying on them for the rest of our life. Because I don't want you to end up like her where you're 67 and still paying off your student loans. You cannot be doing that. The next thing, the, the next uh, article that I ran across is titled, More Than 400,000 Student Loan Borrowers Had Wrong Monthly Payments. So 400,000 people who their loans started back uh, at the beginning of this month, the beginning of October, that they were going, they have a wrong monthly payment. And in this article, it says that the people who were paid too much will be offered a refund. How nice of them that they're going to refund you your money. Uh, And somebody from the student borrower protection center said, unfortunately, the bigger issue is that it's hard to get those problems resolved right now if you can't get someone on the phone. And this was the deputy executive director of the student borrower protection center. And he says that you always will have a long wait time for loan servicer representatives. Well, that makes sense because uh, just all the problems we've had and nobody knows how much money they owe. They don't know who their loan provider is all the time. And now we're having people having the wrong monthly payments. And so this is just a, this, this whole situation is just very crazy because we are asking the government who is trillions, $30 trillion in debt, we are asking them to manage all of this system and it's just not working out well. Uh, this is why we are not going to rely on the government to pay off our student loans. We, we simply cannot be doing that. And so what, what were people doing with this extra cash? You know, we've talked about it a little bit on the past couple episodes. Like, hey, some people, they genuinely, they needed the extra money. So the pause really helped them out as we were. But now that we are through the pandemic, everything Everyone should be back to work. If not, there's 7 million jobs out there, I think is what the last job report had was 7 million jobs out there. So if you don't have a job, you can get a job. If you don't have one, it's probably your lack of trying, not to be mean, but it probably is. Anybody or everybody is needing people. Everybody's needing help. So, uh, but what some people were doing with this extra cash, you know, the ones that uh, just thought, oh, the government's going to forgive my loans, what they were using it for, a lot of the times, what I look for as well is discounts. So when we think of discounts, what first comes to mind? Well, for a lot of people, it's, hey, it's a way that I can purchase something for less of a price. 
But what, what happens is people, because, hey, when you, when you think about it, we are marketed to all over the place through Instagram ads, through um, uh, TV ads, through billboards, uh, through people putting signs on cars, whatever it may be, any, everywhere we go, there is marketing uh, being thrown in our face from all different companies. And so when we look at that and we see all these deals and, you know, you see like, hey, you can get it for uh, $4.99 instead of uh, $8.99 now. But the thing is, is people are say, seeing this discount and saying, okay, because I'm getting this deal, I'm going to purchase it, even if they don't have the money. And that's the problem. You got, you got uh, close to, you know, some reports say 60%, some say almost 80% of people living paycheck to paycheck. And I would be willing to bet a lot of that is because they see a sale or see a discount and they have to purchase it because they think that that opportunity is never going to happen again. And that's just not true. So what we're going to do today, we're going to go through a smart uh, spender guide that uh, if if you know me, I, where Kendall and I, where it really started to change for us is when we went through Financial Peace University. Financial Peace University is put on by Ramsey Solutions, by Dave and his team. And what that is, it's a nine-week class of how to... Uh, we look at what the Bible says and we figure out how to manage money well, how to steward that money. We learn budgeting, all that stuff. Everything we talk about on this show, we also dive into FPU and I'm an FPU coordinator as well. But one of the lessons in there is why spending. So what they talk about in the episode or the lesson is they talk about how we are marketed to, how they target us, um, and also you got to think Instagram. If you just think of something, you start getting ads for it. I don't know how that works, but it happens. It happens to me all the time. And so when in this lesson, they also talk about a smart spender guide that we're going to dive through as well. But one thing I want to, to note before we get into this spender guide is that if you see a discount, I, I run into this all the time with clients, people just in casual conversation. They say, oh, I just couldn't let that deal go. It was just too good. I had to do it. The problem is, let me just run a scenario by you. If you see a discount and you end up giving into it, you, um, you give in to the discount if you use a high interest credit card and the average interest rate on credit cards right now is about 20% and you are in credit card debt, you're not paying off your credit card, but you're getting it at a discount, are you actually spending less on that item? Have you thought about that? If you use a credit card and then don't pay that credit card bill, that item now has a 20% interest on it and it is adding up. So if you cave to the sale and use a credit card, are you actually coming out ahead? The answer is no, you're not. So you cannot, that is why the budget is so important when you talk about, hey, I'm going to start managing my money well, I'm going to get out of debt, I'm going to start following this plan. You have to stick to your budget because when you stick to your budget and you see a, a discount or you see a sale and you're like, oh, well, 
I don't have the money for that, so I guess the answer is no. That is why the budget is so important. And a good philosophy to live by is if you can't afford it, don't buy it. It's as simple as that. If you cannot afford it, do not buy it. That's a great philosophy to live by. But in this smart spender guide, it obviously spells out smart. Uh, I I didn't come up with this because I was not smart enough to come up with this. But the S is for self-awareness. So when it comes to a purchase, you're going to go through this smart spender guide and ask yourself these questions. I'm going to be self-aware. Does it add value to my life? Am I buying this item just to impress? uh, Or am I buying this item to where it will allow me to do something? So if you're buying an asset, obviously you need a car to get to where you you want it to work, um, to whatever it may be. You need a car, but now we don't need a brand new car. So that's where we're going to be self-aware of, hey, is this going to add value to my life? And then we move on to M, which is motive. And this is where I was getting a little ahead of myself. Motive is, am I buying it for the right reason? Am I buying this uh, so that when other people see me, they think differently of me? So a good way to combat this motive is if nobody saw you with this item, would you still buy it? That is, uh, that is a good way to live by as well. So you have self-awareness, motive, and then you have the A, which is affordability. This is where you have to look at your budget. Can I afford it? Does this fit into my budget? It goes back to what I just said. If you can't, afford it, don't buy it. If you don't have the money in the bank, don't buy it. So that's A, affordability. And then R, research. This is where I think people lack when it comes to buying something, especially buying something that is a big purchase. Is it the best option? Have you done your your research to where you look at all the other options? Uh, For example, me and Ben were just talking earlier. There's this uh, case that he bought, and he ended up getting a great deal on it because he did the research to say, hey, I don't want to spend $25 on this case when I can go to Amazon and buy it for a fraction of that price. But it's because he did the research. He took the time, and then he did the research and found the best option for him because it's we found out that it's actually from the same manufacturer. So everything about it is the same. But because he did the research, he ended up finding it cheaper. So that's where research comes into play. Don't be impulsive. If you see it, look it up on other websites. Um, depending on what it is, obviously, you want to do your research to find the best option. So that's R. And the next one is T, timing. Is now the right time for you to buy this? So, for example, that we could, uh, I immediately go to like big purchases when I think of timing. Hey, is now the right time for you to buy a house? Uh, If you're in debt, no, it's not because we're getting our finances in order. Uh, But it goes with small purchases too. Do you have to have it right now or can you delay it to maybe the next month when you can put it into the budget? So it's just, being aware and going through the smart spender guide when it comes to buying stuff. And 
I, all of this comes from me always running into people and having the conversation of, man, I just, I bought this and I don't even know why I bought it. If you go through the Smart Spender Guide, you, you're self-aware, you find out the motive, the affordability of it, you do your research, and then the timing of it, most of the time you're like, oh, I actually don't need that. And a good rule is if you have a purchase, usually for me, if it's over $100, I wait at least 24 hours before purchasing that because I want to marinate in it. I want to think about it. Uh, I want to talk to Kindle, obviously. Like, hey, is this a smart purchase for us? And I don't want to be impulsive. That's the biggest thing with me. I see something and I just want to buy it right then. I know that about myself. So I make myself have a 24-hour rule to where if I'm if I'm going to be buying something over $100, obviously we're not talking about groceries, but just stuff that we don't, we didn't have before or we didn't have in the budget. Hey, before I buy this, I want to wait 24 hours just to make sure that I'm not being impulsive. I'm buying it for the right reasons. I can afford it. It's going to be the best options and does it add value to my life? So that's the smart spender guide. Uh, it's self-awareness, motive, affordability, research, and timing. And so this is a good way for you to, uh, when it comes to purchases, go through this list just to make sure it is the right decision for you. You're listening to The Will Evans Show. Hey guys, it's Will. I know this show is all about what you didn't learn in school, but for some of you, you need a little more personalized help, and that's what Evans Financial Coaching is. I specialize in helping people pay off debt and build wealth. If this is you, I've put my contact info in the show notes, so please reach out. I'm here to help you. Evans Financial Coaching, creating paths to financial freedom. Welcome back to The Will Evans Show. We have been talking about our discounts worth it. Biggest thing with that, if, you have, if you're asking yourself, should I buy this? A better question is, can I afford it? And if you, Because if you cannot afford it, you should not buy it. So that is what, one of the biggest things I want you to take away from this show. And hey, if you are loving this show, would you help me out? by liking, subscribing, following, hitting that bell so you know when I release a new episode. Doing all this helps me out. And hey, if if you're feeling led, give me a five-star review. I love uh, five-star reviews, obviously, because they boost this show. But also, I love hearing how this show is adding value to your life. So if you feel led, leave me a five-star review. I would love that. Question of the day is I'm looking for advice. My daughter, who is 13, will be receiving a small settlement of $30,000. I'm wondering the best way we can safely invest and grow her money. So the biggest thing, obviously, some type of settlement. I, I hope your daughter is okay. And obviously, if there's no medical bills, any of that, you're able to cash flow, flow that, whatever. I don't know the whole situation. But hey, if this $30,000 isn't needing to be used for any type of medical bills, uh, PT, whatever it may be, maybe from a car wreck. If you're not needing it for any of that, then the best thing you can do is you want to put it away for uh, baby step five, you know, uh, so that whether that's putting it into a 529, which we've talked about on this show, which is uh, a 
just a tax-free way of saving for college. You have a lot of tax benefits with that. You can do an ESA, educational savings account. Those have income limits. So all that, you just uh, reach out to a financial advisor. They can help you with that. Another thing that you can do, for me, it's it's very hard uh, for me to talk about this because I dropped out of school. So with a 529, that money is locked in for educational purposes. Obviously, that can be used for private school, whether it's high school, middle school, it can be used for that, or any type of certification, trade school down the road. Um, so they it is not just for a public university, which is why it's still a great option. But one thing that me and Kendall have talked about, we've talked through is, hey, like, what if we just saved the money? And for our kids, hey, if you want to use that for college, that's great. If you don't go to college, um, obviously, hopefully, our kids, our future kids will um, grow up learning about money and how to manage that well, how to be good stewards of that. Hey, if you don't go to college and you're doing basically what I did, I found something I'm passionate about, I'm pursuing that, I'm doing something on my own, then I didn't have to go to college. Uh, What we want to do for our kids is to be able to give them, hey, maybe they use that for a down payment for a house. Or maybe it's uh, for them to just start their uh, work life, their adult life, and have some money because they didn't go to college. Or if they do go to college using that, but a 529 locks you in to educational expenses. So... Obviously, if you do what I am toying around with this idea, obviously I don't have kids, but what I'm toying around uh, with is just buying mutual funds or maybe putting it into an index fund, letting that money grow and saying, hey, okay, you have $80,000, we can use this for school, whatever it may be. Obviously, my kids, we don't, we're not going to borrow money. We're not going to take out student loans. We're not going to do any of that. But if you don't go to school, hey, this money is yours. And when you put it into mutual funds or an index fund or any something like that, you have the freedom to use that money however you want. So long explanation for a simple question, what should I do with this $30,000? I'd put it away if uh, you're dead set on college and wanting to use it for educational expenses. A 529 is a great place for it to safely invest and grow for her, and she can use it for college. Obviously, a 529 are trans- transferable uh, for kids and stuff like that. Um, but if you're not wanting to go the college route or not wanting to lock that money in for educational expenses, I would just buy some mutual funds or put it into an index fund. And that way, uh, that is a very conservative way of investing that money. I would probably, I would probably lean if I woke up in your shoes. I would probably buy mutual funds, put it into an index fund. Um, but there's nothing wrong with putting it into a 529 because that is a very safe way and a very useful way um, because you can use it for college, educational expenses, trade school, all of that stuff. So that's what I would do. And as always, it is a big thank you to Ben for making this show run. And remember. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. This is The Will Evans Show.